What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. We let it go. We let it go last week. Tonight we won't. Tonight we won't. We finish tonight because we start tonight the way we're going to finish. Fast, physical, and out of control. And the bottom line is, it's all for each Welcome everyone once again to another show. You're live with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, RF. Uh, we got a big show for you guys playing. As you guys know, on Tuesday night, we review the NFL. We talk a lot about what happened this weekend. The playoff picture gets a lot clearer as well. And our big topic tonight is going to be the coaching changes that get ready to happen in the NFL. I think I pinpointed about 10 different teams that are going to be looking for coaches to start the season, so we're definitely getting to a huge uh, roundtable discussion about that. We're also going to talk about the Mavs and Dirk being hurt. We also talk a little bit about Kobe versus LeBron in the Thanksgiving and the Christmas Day game between the Heat and the uh, Lakers. And, of course, we're going to preview some of the bowl coverage we got coming up. We've got some big announcements about the show as well today also. So without further ado, further ado, let's get the show started. Let me bring on my co-host real quick. Royce, how you doing tonight? Hello, Rodney. How you doing? Sitting around on a Tuesday night watching Sunday night football. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, That's man. Kind of weird, talk isn't it? It's very weird. As you guys uh, may know already, this is the first Tuesday night game since 1946, and Royce, you want to give us a quick update on that game? We got Minnesota and uh, Philadelphia. Well, actually, you weren't, you're not going to believe this, but Minnesota is leading the game 17-7. Uh, to 7. And uh, I tell you, this quarterback, Minnesota, man, this web guy, he is just playing out there. He's not playing Michael Pick tonight. Wow. And I got a question for you, Rodney. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles lose tonight, is Michael Pick still your pick for MVP? He's still my pick. He's still my pick. Even though Everyone he's playing poorly tonight. He's playing poorly, but uh, Brady's had poor games this season also. Okay. I still reserve my pick to the end of the season. Whichever quarterback can take his team to the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm still yeah. riding with that. Right. <laughs> That's my MVP pick. But anyway, <laughs> it's a weird night for sports. We got the the Lakers uh, trailing the San Antonio tonight. We got the Mavs. And believe it or not, they're trading, tra- uh, trailing to Toronto, but they're playing without Dirk Nowitzki tonight. So that, yeah, that's and we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in our top stories uh, segment. We want to welcome all the newcomers to the show. If you're downloading our show, you can always listen to us live every Tuesday and Thursday night. But this week's going to be a little bit different. Uh, one of the big announcements we want to make is that we're going to be covering some bowl games starting on Thursday with the Armed Forces Bowl. And we're also covering a Mavericks game that night. So we won't have a a show on Thursday. Our show will be Friday during the day, our first daytime show on uh, New Year's Eve. And starting the first of the year, starting Monday, January the 3rd, we're going to be on five nights a week, Royce, from 
Monday through Friday from 10 to 11 p.m. What do you think about that? I can't wait till the new year starts. Five nights is, you know, that's the big month of sports. You know, everything happens in January. So I'm ready to go five nights a week. How about you? I'm definitely ready. It's going to give us a chance to reach our uh, listeners and give you guys updates every day about the top stories. We'll be able to cover a lot more coverage, especially, like you said, during those months with the bowl games, with the the Mavs as high as they are, the stars are going to be high. We're going to be talking about them. And, of course, the Super Bowl coming in uh, February. So we've got to have enough time to talk about that, too. So we'll be covering uh, our shows will be coming on Monday through Friday from 10 p.m., Central Standard Time to 11 p.m., and that starts on January the 3rd. And we got a huge show planned for that. We're going to have some people on, special guests. Uh, it's going to be a great, great, great show. Another quick uh, announcement we want to make as well is that uh, we got some huge guests coming up for the month of January. As Roy said, we're going to be talking with uh, the Spurs and Coach um, uh, Spurs and Tim Duncan. Uh, right. Tony Parker, we got Kobe Bryant, the L.A. Lakers coming into town. We'll talk to them. And I get a chance to talk to someone I really want to talk to, and that's Blake Griffin down in uh, Los right. Angeles Clippers. I know you got to be looking forward to talking to him. Right. He, boy, he's uh, making a name for himself in the NBA. And speaking of Griffin, did you know out of three players in their rookie year, he was one of three that have scored 20 points and 12 rebounds in his first uh, season as a rookie. So, that's, you know, right. I mean, this guy's on his way. Yeah, he's definitely on his way. Remember, he talked about him possibly being a, a rookie of the year candidate, which he's eligible right. since he didn't play last season. Right. He's definitely making his presence felt as of right now. Uh, but, and, and if you guys are listening to us live, you're more than welcome to call in the show. We do do live call-ins at 323-927-2906. That's 323-927-2906. Two nine zero six. Let's get into a couple of top stories real quick, Royce, while we got everyone's attention. And then the first thing we want to talk about is what you mentioned about Dirk being hurt. Uh, right. What happened was in uh, Oklahoma Thunder game, it's the last night's game, uh, Dirk went down uh, with a, a, a parent, what appeared to be a knee injury, but no one knew how serious it was. He did walk off the court. But any time your, your franchise guy, the an MVP candidate, the guy that's really driving a team as good as he's been this season. Anytime he goes down with anything, it's, it's some kind of cause of concern. Uh, well, what came out today is he's not playing today, as Roy stated before, and he's saying he's really worried about the knee at first. Comes to find out just kind of a sore knee, more of a sprain. Right, right. Uh, they don't expect him right. to miss too much time. And they say right now his status for the San Antonio game, which will be at Thursday, is uncertain. But that could be a little bit of more of a playing the cards, a playing the kind of close to the vest. Cause I think Dirk will be in for the Spurs if he can go. I think there's right. no doubt about that. But yeah, I don't mean, think he missed Dirk, that game. Not at all. And, and, and let's talk about that real quick because, see, Dirk has not missed a lot of basketball over his career. He's been here 13 years. But, right. I mean, what about this knee? You think it's time to really just, you know, take our time, let it heal, or, or should we try to get him back on the court as soon as uh, San Antonio? Well, it depends on how bad it is. Uh, from our overall uh, coming out of media, it's just a spring. And, uh, I mean, if, if he can go Thursday night, I'm pretty sure Dirk wants to play. So we'll see, you know, how it goes. I, uh, but if he's not ready to go, you can leave mine. It's still early in the season. I don't think it means much, but uh, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll want to play that game. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well as well too. Uh, now he did tell reporters in Oklahoma City that the knee has been bothering him for almost two weeks now. But I right. guess I guess whatever he did, he came down wrong on Ibaka, and, and for some reason kind of aggravated the knee somewhat. But if he's been playing with this for two weeks now, yeah, the way he's been during, playing, right? And during the season, he's been right. shooting the ball red hot. He, he's been leading right. the team. I mean, what does that say? I mean, like you said, it, if it's if it's been bothering him this long, why not sit him and have him well rested and ready to go for the playoffs? Right, right. But you know, this team managed to pull the win off. I'm I'm really surprised. But uh, you know, tonight they got their hands filled. Can can they uh, win without Dirk? And this is a good test for this team too. What they made of because you know this could very well happen. You know, later on in the playoffs in the season, somebody could go down. So. It's a real test for this team tonight uh, and, yeah. and last Right, so we'll see. Right yeah. now they're trailing uh, uh, Toronto is 71, Toronto 68 Dallas, but it's five minutes left in the fourth quarter. So we're going to see if Jason Terry is going to be Mr. Clutch. Well, he's been <laughs> our season. I told you, I, I was so worried about that, but he's been Mr. Fourth Quarter uh right. season, so we'll see what Terry right. can do in that game. Another big story that came out, um, and this actually came out on, uh, well, we all knew it Sunday night, but it came out Monday. Officially, right. Mike Singletary has been fired uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. This having having the 18-22 and 22 record with the 49ers. And, I mean, it's a huge disappointment for what they were doing this season. A lot of people picked them as, the Cinderella team to make it to the to Super Bowl. A lot of them had – everyone had them winning the NFC West, I think, uh, without question the way they played last season. But this team kind of fell apart. And Mike Singletary has been uh, notorious all this year with having pl- having problems with players, even last year with Vernon Davis. This year couldn't decide on a quarterback. And you, you visibly saw him have a, a verbal altercation with uh, Troy Smith on the sidelines on Sunday. I mean, what what is about Singletary? Why do you think his coaching style didn't translate to these players? Is is it because it is a different kind of NFL, or was he just not ready to be a head coach? Well, you know, just like the Cowboys, both of these teams were picked out to to practically win their, their division, and uh, they started out on, on pretty bad. And, and same thing with Dallas. And I think Jerry kind of set the president for the whole NFL when he fired Wade Phillips, which he didn't have a choice. And the same disappointment was had in San Francisco with uh, Mike Singletary. They were expected to win their division, but, you know, with the record they had, they, you know, like they had no choice. But, like, you know, that's the subject of our uh, discussion tonight is uh, all these uh, coaches that are going to get fired or these positions going to be open. I think Jerry set a precedent for the NFL this year about getting rid of these uh, coaches that are not doing poorly. So. Mm-hmm. And I think the timing was kind of what puzzled me, too, is the fact that you only right. had one more game left in the season. Why fire the right. guy now? He's already got your, your team with a losing record. You're out of the playoffs. I mean, if you're last in the uh, NFC West, it's not a, it can't be a good feeling. It's the worst division in football. Uh, you're last. You had a chance to even get there even after having a poor start. And you fired the guy with one game left. I guess they really didn't want to waste any more time on trying right. to find a head coach because they know it's going to be so competitive uh, this offseason about finding a good head coach. Oh, so yeah. I agree with oh, you yeah. there. Let's oh, take yeah. A Wouldn't you like to be a retired head coach right about now? Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you, 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 you can pick wherever coach. you want to go. 
right, pick wherever right, you want to go. Right. Let me Great let me play some me. quick audio real quick. This is Mike Singletary's comments about uh, being fired or being let go from the job and and moving on and moving forward and some of his regrets about how he can motivate the team the right way. For me, I, I just want um, everyone to know that I'm, I'm extremely appreciative of the opportunity that I've had to be the head coach here. And uh, the people that I'm going to miss are the players. I'm going to miss the players. But very, very thankful uh, for the Yorks and the opportunity that they gave me to uh, to coach here. And I understand it's just about winning. And um, But uh, just really um, sorry I uh, didn't, didn't get a chance to bring it like I uh, wanted to, but uh, that's part of life. But uh, we'll go on. You know, I really hate to see Mike uh, uh, leave because I, I was pulling for him to succeed in San Francisco. But uh, apparently, you know, like I said, the players probably didn't respond. We don't know what exactly went on uh, in San Francisco. But this is the first time I could ever in my life remember three, you know, coaches getting fired in the season, you know, in the middle and the end and at the beginning, Josh McDaniels, you know, and uh, uh, Minnesota and the Cowboys. You know, I, this is unheard of in the NFL. Well, yeah, and then we're going to definitely talk about that in our roundtable discussion because you, you, you're exactly right. I mean, there are going to be some coaches that are going to get fired that the other teams might want uh, to right. coach their team. So it is going right. to be an interesting offseason for the NFL, and that's, part of our roundtable discussion real quick. We do have a caller calling in on the line. And, caller, I'm going to bring you on live here to our sports radio show. You have a comment about uh, Mike Singletary. Hey, guys, how you doing? This is Rich in Tampa, Florida. Hey, hey Rich, how you, how you doing? doing? Good, good. Yeah, the thing with Mike Singletary, I think at first things looked good for him about maybe a year, year and a half ago because of his intensity. Now, from what I've heard, he wasn't really an X's and O's guy. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he had the intensity, and then I guess that's one of the things where if you're a first-time coach and you're not winning after a while, your players, you know, they're going to maybe start falling off a little bit. I know he had that little run-in with Vernon Davis way back that kind of set the tone, but if you're not winning, you know, it's going to be a matter of time where your players are just kind of kind of what happened to, uh, you know, Childress and, and Wade Phillips. Once you lose your right. players, you know, it's kind of a, a matter of time. Yeah, and right. I think you hit the nail on the head, and, and, and a lot of people always say that it's a different NFL. I mean, if you think about Singletary and his character as a player, he was a hard-nosed, in-your-face, you know, tough guy. That's the, that's the role he played on that tough Bears defense. And like you said, he's not an X's and O's guy. He plays with a lot of emotion. That's what he wants to see his team do is play with that same emotion, same fire. But in today's NFL, you have to be an X's and O's guy to have any kind of success. Right. You look at some of the coaches now that are having a big success, Bill Belichick, uh, even Tony Dunton when he was coaching was an X's, X's and O's type of guy, and that's what you have to be in this NFL. But, Rich, I thank you for your call. I think the other thing real quick that hurt him too was the quarterback situation. It was Alex. Right. Making choices. Right, he was undecided. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But that's so what do you think? I mean, good work. I like the show. Appreciate that, Rich, and thank you for listening. All right, guys. You know, which brings up a good question. Does just because he's a great player doesn't make a great coach? You know, we've seen a lot of uh, great players fail at coaching. You know, yeah. so uh, uh, you know Dallas, Dallas has a dilemma right now with the player coach. <laughs> I 
Oh, so, yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, they, we, we, they worked that, too. Right? He wasn't a great player, but uh, do you expect him to be a great coach? You know, so that brings up a lot of questions, you know. Uh, big. Yeah. Well, we all wish Mike Singletary the best. I think we all like him. Oh, yeah. And I think Dallas he'll be a defensive ball. coordinator somewhere, maybe even right. here in Dallas. But you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> so right. we'll see what happens. Now, another top story I want to get into is the fact that you brought this up earlier in the show, Royce, was they're playing the NFL game tonight on Tuesday night. You have the Eagles and the Vikings. Vikings right now doing a number on the Eagles. And my thing is they said that this hasn't been hasn't happened since 1946. And there's got to be a reason for that. But apparently they moved the game from Sunday because of the threat of weather. They thought it was going to bring down 20 inches worth of snow and all this other stuff, and, and uh, they had some inclement weather, but this is football, right? You're supposed to be able to play in any condition. Right. right. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be played? Yeah, exactly. I You know, I can remember going to cowboy games at the Cotton Bowl and freezing weather, you know what I mean? That was football, and they do it all the time. That's the way the game's played. That's why they have outdoor stadiums. But, you know, I, I, I don't live in Philadelphia. I don't know what it's like. To even uh, I can't imagine twelve feet of snow, twelve inches of snow. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know whether it should cut it on or off. I think it should have been left up to the uh, well, less city than the NFL. So I don't know. I, I mixed thoughts about that. What about you? Well, well, the finger point definitely started. I mean, you had uh, you had um, uh, the NFL saying that the city decided to lock it down. The mayor said, "Don't come outside. No one should right. go." Then you had the right. mayor and uh, everyone else blaming the NFL for, hey, they moved the right. game. So right. it was kind of up in the air. But but you brought up a point earlier when we talked about you are saying that some people there weren't able to get out of their cars, people are trapped. So what, do you think it was a, a safety issue? Or the conspiracy theory out there says that, well, they didn't want another snowball right. game. You know, they didn't want people throwing snowballs, putting batteries inside snow, because we know Philadelphia will do that. Uh, to right. team. Well, I can only think of one game that probably I thought should have ever been canceled in history of football was the Fog Bowl and uh, the the, oh, yeah. the Raiders played. Was, I mean, you right. could you can that that game to me should have been canceled because you couldn't see anything, you know. And I don't know how bad it was. I think it was more of a safety issue because you know, preceding the game, we had heard stories about people being stranded in their cars. For days, you know what I mean, and it could have been that, and nobody wanted to see uh, anything bad happen. So, yeah. but uh, at the same time, uh, they could still play the game. I mean, even if nobody showed up, the game still goes on. Yeah. So, well, I know I know one uh, person that lives in Philadelphia and born in that uh, Pennsylvania area that's been through many winters that did not like uh, right. what happened with the game moving on Tuesday night, and there was a governor of Pennsylvania. Ed Rendell, who had some very, very choice comments about how we felt about right. the game moving from uh, Sunday to Tuesday night. This is what he had to say. We've become a nation of horses. The Chinese are kicking our butt in everything. If this was in China, do you think the Chinese would have called off the game? People would have been marching down to the stadium. They would have walked, and they would have been doing calculus on the way down. My biggest beef is that this is part of what's happened in this country. I think we've become horses. What do you think Lombardi would say? Do you would say that we have become a nation of horses? Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Don't Yes, I, now, I, I, I was expecting I, I to hear a lot of apologies today about that 
comment right. he made, but he stood by what he said, and he's at the game tonight too. Right. Well, you know, it, it's an old tough guy syndrome. You know, when you get to be, you know, grow up in the, that era, you're a tough guy and the John Wayne image, you know, and stuff. I, I understand, but I wouldn't go that far to say that. But like I said, these are uh, these severe storms, you know, and pe- people do get trapped, and there are accidents. People do get hurt and, and killed, and all kinds of things can happen. So I can understand the safety issue at the same time. But uh, I mean, what if it happened in the Super Bowl? You know, they have right. a Super Bowl in New York. Do they cancel Super Bowl? We might be watching it on a Wednesday night. You know, how weird would that be? You know, yeah, watching know. the Super Bowl on a Wednesday, Tuesday night. But so. you know, but you know what though? The, the, you know, the league's been talking about this 18 game schedule, and right, a lot of these right. games are going to have to go into uh, the cold weather months and the right. cold weather right. times. I mean, there's right. no colder. Um, there's no colder week in football except for that last, that, that first week of February. Everybody up north right. knows, knows that, and they're talking about holding the uh, Super Bowl at the New Meadowlands. That's an outside stadium in the in the middle of uh, in the beginning of February when it's really cold. Right. It's going to be snowing. The winds are going to be going. So it's kind of hypocritical in a way, I guess you could say, that they would cancel this game because of weather, and they're looking to have more games in more inclement weather. You know, I thought that was right. kind of interesting too. Well, but do you, do you think now that they start building better domes? Look what happened in Minnesota. Apparently well, that's yeah. a failure. They can't do that <laughs> yeah, again. And if you look at Jerry's world, is that the future of what uh, football is going to become? It's going to all be played indoors with retractable roofs. So uh, I, 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 they may make a statement that says open-air stadiums may be a thing of the past, you know. Yeah, that's because, true. Uh, that's true. Right, so we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, down the line, that's a good excuse for owner to say you need to build a dome stadium. So it's yeah, a good no, argument for that, right? So I don't know. Well, uh, well, well while we're talking about the top stories and some of the top stories we go over today, let's cover real quick our first bowl game that we'll be covering, Royce, and that's going to be the Armed Forces Bowl. That's going to be Thursday at eleven o'clock at Gerald Ford Stadium at SMU Stadium. I'm definitely excited about working with uh, Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl. This year, oh, yeah. for the first time, we'll be covering them, and I think it's great. Now, the game for us is going to be a sellout, uh, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, uh, Yeah, it's going to be over 32,000 people there. It's going to be a sellout. The actual record set by – the record for Gerald Ford Stadium is 35,000. That was when SMU played TCU on September the 24th. Right. So if you guys need tickets for that, you're going to have to go StubHub or somewhere because this game is going to be <laughs> right. sold out. And so I'm definitely excited about it. Now, the matchup that we have, Royce, that we're going to be covering is going to be SMU versus Army, uh, the Black Knights of Army, and, of course, the SMU right. Mustangs. And these teams Got have actually played uh, before. Um, right. They've they, they played before in the past. So they, it is somewhat of a, I wouldn't call it rivalry, but they do have a little history between the two. And, and, and a couple of things I want to point out is the fact that Army's got a a really, really nice rushing attack. Um, oh, yeah. They got a real, real nice rushing attack. So I, I plan to see a lot of people running the ball. Uh, Army's record is 6-5. and five. SMU is 5-6-1 and one, uh, as far as their bowl record is concerned. And Army has an offense that averages 260 yards rushing a game. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's pretty That's good. That's really pretty good. And, and then I think people are excited to see SMU uh in a bowl, too, so that's a lot of excitement about that program. They have really, the last couple of years, they made the playoffs, so 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big buzz for uh, locally. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's been a while since SMU has, has won a bowl game, but it, yeah, I and think it's gonna be another at, pretty good game. Yeah, looking at the offense for Army, they, they run the ball. That's basically what they do. They're passing offense. They're only averaging. 78 yards of pass, passing yards during the game, right. which is which is nothing. So you're definitely right. keeping the ball on the ground. Uh, their defense is, I mean, their offensive line have only allowed four sacks, uh, though the SMU defense has had 28 sacks this year. Uh, they've they've only had .3 passes intercepted, which is great. Uh, in total offense, they're averaging right at 338 yards of total offense with the majority of that, again, uh, being rushing. But it's going to be a real test for the SMU defense. Where they're letting, they're allowing opponents to rush for 140 yards a game. Uh, So it's going to be a huge test for them to try to show up the defense. They're also letting people go for uh, over 350 yards a game in total offense. So I think SMU is going to have something, a little problem in their hands dealing with that Army offense. Yeah, it should be a good game. Yeah, the Army defense is pretty stout also. They're only giving up, um, they're only giving up uh, 332 yards while SMU's offense is averaging over 414 yards. So it should be a battle between two pretty good offense teams. Offense and defense, George. huh? <laughs> offense yeah. versus defense, huh? Right. right. Oh, yeah, I'm I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And, and also the Cotton Bowl, uh, that would be a nice, and it's going to be a Jerry World this year. So it would be interesting to see that, Rodney. It's going to be a good yeah. matchup, too. Players you want to watch in this game are going to be Jared Hassan for Army. He's leading uh, their team in Russia right now with 884 yards, nine TDs. If you're looking for some SMU players to keep your eyes on, keep your eye on the uh, quarterback called Carl Padron. Uh, then also keep your eyes on Zach Lyon. He's a running back. He's got over 1,300 yards rushing this season also too. Um, so right. definitely be looking out from him. The big score for SMU is going to be uh, Aldrick Robinson, who's put up 78 points and 13 TDs this season, so that'll be the guy to definitely look out for. He's a wide receiver. Now, Royce, do you want to make a pick for this game? Any predictions? Are you going to go with the hometown team uh, in SMU, or are you going to look for the Army Black Knights to, to pull away with a win? Wow, it's going to be a hard pick. I, I'm, I'm going to go with SMU. I, I like to see SMU win. I think it'd be great for the school. I think it'd be great for the city. And let me give you a quick update. The Mavs lost to Toronto tonight. Uh, so uh, that goes to show you they need Dirk Zabitsky back. So that was a quick update. They lose. And uh, in the other what, game, the... go ahead. Go ahead, Russ. And then the Philadelphia game, uh, Philadelphia scored, not scored uh, 17-14. So, yeah. Waiting to see how this they come gonna be, uh This is going to be the uh, 86th postseason college football game to be played in the Metroplex. We're covering not just this game, but we're covering the Ticket City Bowl, which we'll talk about that on our next show. And also we're we're going with the BCS uh, Cotton Bowl. That's going to be a Cowboys State, so I'm excited about going to that also too, Ross. Right. Yeah, and uh, I think we're going to have pretty good weather this weekend, so it should be a pretty high-scoring game on both of them. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. So that's going to be our quick preview for the Armed Forces Bowl. If you guys want any information about the Armed Forces Bowl or follow our coverage, the only thing you have to do is go to rfsportsradio.blogspot.com. You can follow us there or you can follow us at twitter at twitter.com 
slash RF Sports uh, Radio. They can follow our feed there, but we'll be there live on Thursday for kickoff at 11. And then we got a Mavs game later on that, that night, Royce. We got Mavs and right. Spurs. So we got a full day right. plan. Yeah, definitely right. got a full day plan. Let's take a quick commercial break real fast. We'll come back. We'll get reset. We'll do an NFL review. And, of course, we got a huge roundtable discussion coming up later in the show about the coaching carousel for the NFL. We'll be right back on the RF Sports Radio Show. Man, smoke in the city available the now. City. Album features Flow Fly, Make Him, Kenfo Jack, and the Grit Boys, with many, many other. Also, featuring production from super producer, none other than Big Chris. Available now at all of your favorite online retailers iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, Seven Digital, E Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's blazing. Hi, this is Pastor Monica Wallace. I want to personally invite you to Kingdom Encounter every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter each and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Hear what the kingdom has to offer you and have your own encounter. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter Sundays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time with me, Pastor Monica Wallace, and may God bless you. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of LawApps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what LawApps.com is? It's a mobilized version of an attorney's regular website so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC, iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system. So why does an attorney need LawApps.com? Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com? Go to our website at LawApps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S. Or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, 1-888-974-6784. That's 1-888-974-6784. And it's LawApps.com, L-A-W-A-P-P-Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages. I understand that player safety has always got to be the priority, and it will be. Uh, but we are playing a 20-game format. Uh, it's clear from both the players and our fans that preseason is not something they're interested in. And unfortunately, players get in the, in the preseason also. We have to go back and look at everything we're doing, from preparing our players in the off-season, to training camps, to the regular season, to make sure we're doing everything we can to make it safe. But we also have to make sure we take our game forward and into the future and figure out a way to do it responsibly. 
possibly. If you go to 18 games, do you add an extra bye week? Do you expand rosters? All of those things are under consideration. They've been evaluated over the last couple of years. We're talking with the Players Association on those issues. Uh, I think you do have to do some of those things. I think expanded rosters is something that uh, we've been very upfront with the, with the unit. Here's another consideration. If you play 18 games and you push the regular season deep into January, you're going to have some games involving teams that are out of the race in bitter weather conditions, and you're going to have some empty seats. Maybe even you're going to have some people saying, if two or three of these nine home games that I'm buying as part of the season ticket package are going to be in brutal January conditions, and I don't think my team is any good, I'll just stay home with my high-def TV. Well, Bob, I think you know one of the things that our fans are saying is we don't like preseason games. We don't like meaningless games, and we don't like games where we're not seeing the players we want to see. And that's what we're trying to address. We're going to have to be sensitive to those issues. Getting people into our stadium, our fans, has become more challenging as you do a better job on television and there's greater technology at home. But the experience here that you're feeling tonight, there's nothing like being in an NFL game on a night like tonight. This is exciting. That was uh, Roger Goodell and his interview with Bob Costas. That was uh, from a week ago on Sunday Night Football, right before the start of the game. And he was talking specifically about the 18-game schedule and what the fans want. And I wanted to play that, Royce, because we talked about the Tuesday night game, the game that's going on right now, which um, actually Minnesota is on top of Philadelphia. Uh, the score right now is uh, 20, 24 to 14 right now, Minnesota on top of on top of Philly. But I wanted to play that because we talked about them playing more games in cold weather climates, and when uh, Bob Costas asked him about the year's reaction, he's saying, hey, right. it's, it's going to be difficult either way with the job that the media is doing covering games. But they got to do something about that. And, like, you brought up a good point with perhaps they're going to the, the closed-in stadium, no more outdoor games. Right. So, uh, I, you know, uh, and you got to look at, like I said, this game. Is, you know, January is a really bad month, and, you know, you're going to be playing into January 18 games. But at the same time, I, I agree with cutting down preseason, though the meaningless games, really nobody watches them. I think two preseason games ought to be enough. You know, you have Adderley play in training camp, you have mini camp, you know, so I think that's – and plus you have to, a lot of players get hurt in preseason and, and can start the season out. So I say cut down on preseason and yeah. uh, stop moving these games because if they don't stop, you may be well over into March, you know, trying to catch up on the season and watch football, you know, well into March. So I don't know. Yeah, you're uh, right. I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. But I, I do like the 18 games. You know, I can't get enough football. Most people can't. <laughs> but I, right. I, I, I do say cut down on preseason games. Uh, yeah. You know, four games is too many. Right, right, right. Well, it's definitely something that's going to come up, especially with this whole collective bargaining agreement still not hammered out yet, and even players and even owners are starting to panic at this point, so there's going to be a lot more talk about that. Let's go ahead and Royce and take our quick stroll through the NFL real fast, some of the quick highlights from over the weekend. Uh, let's start off with Christmas Day when we all pick the Cowboys to win and the Cowboys lose. They lose a close one. Everybody picks the Cowboys. Everybody mm-hmm. picked the Cowboys, and, and they win. They lose 27-26, to 26, a game where – I mean, I don't know where to start at this game. You had uh, Kidna getting hurt going out. Stephen McGee comes in. You had Kidna throwing interceptions. Uh, Roy Williams, of course, I don't know what he right. tried to catch him with his shoulder yeah. or whatever he tried yeah. to do. 
And even if, with all that said, they overcome that adversity, that offense does it again. Defense, I mean, they, they're still giving up those late-game drives. They gave up a late-game drive for them to win the game with a field goal. But, you know, they, they get the they get the touchdown in the fourth quarter to go ahead and miss the extra point. A minute 40 left. Right. And miss the extra point. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, this kicker we've been having problems with all season. All season having problems with the same kicker. And Jerry hasn't brought another one in. He is a GM. Jason Garrett, and he talked about what happened with the kicker. This is what he had to say. We'll talk a little bit more about the game, but this is Jason Garrett's comments on the missed extra point uh, from Bueller. Oh, I think it's about the same. You know, he, he kicked off well. He made two big field goals, made two of three extra points, and obviously the one extra point was critical. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just something that he certainly understands. He, he needs to make those kicks. You need to be 100% when you're kicking PATs. And uh, he understands that that's part of his job description. In regards of how many kickoffs, you kick into the end zone or how many field goals you make, you need to make those too. So it was a big play in the game. He understands that. We just got to move forward. I mean, you heard what he said, but, Russ, I mean, is there any excuse for missing an extra point? Right. But I didn't hear him get on his defense uh, because it was a minute 40 left on the clock, and they let uh, Arizona drive down and kick a field goal. So uh, you got to blame your defense too. Uh, you know, it can hold them up for a minute and 40 seconds. But to miss the extra point, I mean, that's... go ahead. And he actually said in the same press conference, I mean, to cut you off, Roy said he felt like the defense played well except for the end of the game. Well, that's when you need your defense at the end of the game. So <laughs> how do you rate them playing well and lose the game? So I don't know, do you, and that brings up a question. Do you, uh, you know, keep Jason Garrett next year? And that's another topic we have to talk about. Or does the Cowboys look for a coach, too? So, well, we're, we're going to cover that in our coaching, in our coaching, coaching roundtable right. segment at the end right. of the show. Let me right. bring on our, of course, uh, always contributor to the show, our resident expert on everything NFL, especially when it comes to the Cowboys and, of course, everything NBA is also. Let's welcome uh, Rick on to the program. program. Rick, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Right. How you doing? How you doing, uh, Royce? How's it going? Hello. Hello, Rick. Watching uh, Sunday Night Football, Tuesday. I know. I know. That's what you're, I know. You're, a little, you're a little bit surprised at what you're seeing, too, ain't you? I tell you what, this uh, Minnesota quarterback, boy, I mean, he is really I played Mike Dick tonight. I, I got to give it to him. He is I played Mike Dick tonight. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't a, know if he I don't know if the Eagles just took this game a little lightly or what, but, you know, right. it doesn't really look like that they're really into the game right now. It looks no, like a totally not. different Minnesota team. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time you seen Minnesota play this well? I haven't. <laughs> you know, it's been a right. minute. It's been a minute. Let's talk right. real quick about the uh, Cowboys. You heard Jason Garrett talk about the mixed extra point. Um, and and Royce brought up the fact that the defense gave up that late touchdown drive with a minute 40 left. But, I mean, why do you lose this game against a team that's, that's just as bad as you are, even record-wise? They're in the worst division in, in football. How do you lose a game to the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas Day? Yeah, it was just it was just one of them games for them. It had to have been in the cards. I mean, the Cowboys started off terrible. 
you know, and after facing adversity the whole game, they still came back and put themselves in a position to win, and then they end up losing the game on a on an extra point field goal, and then the defense led up at the very end of the game. I mean, everybody pretty much should should share the blame on this. You know, what Kidner come out throwing two interceptions, both of them going back. One of them was his fault. I don't think the other one was. I think it was just something that happened since Miles Austin slipped down. You know, but the defense, you played well the whole game. The whole game. But right. the last, last six minutes of the game, you know, you start letting up. You can't right. you, you, you just simply can't do that. You know, you you can't do that at all. Now, I do give Stephen McGee a lot of credit because he came in. He showed a lot of poise. He played right. really, really well, especially really in the first right. NFL action. Right. And, right. I mean, that was a pretty pass. He threw the miles off, too. Got a little lucky, but it was pretty. Yeah, he got it's a little pretty, lucky. You know? right. So, I give right. him a lot of credit, you know. I remember but, sitting next to Royce during that game, and he was telling me the one thing that may come out bad from Stephen McGee playing so well is the fact that Kidna may not be here for real next season because right. McGee is really right. showing himself to be a, a good understudy and could be a good backup. Man, if I tell you I didn't have that, that I had that, that same exact thought, you know. I mean, right. the boy came out and played really, really well. And you got to give John Kidding a lot of credit, you know, coming in and, and, and holding the offense down the way he's been doing. He's been playing well. He's a, he's a veteran quarterback, been in the league a long time. But with him being 38 years old and the way Stephen McGee just gave them a glimpse of something, you know, that's enough for the Cowboys to take a run with, and I'm sure they will. Well, you yeah, know, we saw we- this, this weekend we seen three rookie quarterbacks step in, Tebow, uh, the Cowboys and the guy that's playing tonight with Minnesota, I mean, these guys have really shown me something. So I'm looking forward to next year. And, you know, you got to look at Bradford up in uh, uh, St. Louis. So I'm looking forward to next year to see how these guys do their sophomore year. You know, it's going to be yeah, interesting yeah, I mean, to see if they get a plan. After people had enough time to, you're right, after people had enough time to actually scout them and watch them on film, right. you know, Sam right. Bradford came out really, really hot. He's got a nice fastball out there. Right. That's what he's right. good at. Right. You know, he, but right. people start to catch up with that, you know, and they, they were actually able to slow him down towards the end of the year. But, you know, I agree. I'm I'm, I'm waiting to see, you know, how they're going to come out their sophomore year. I'm, 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 right. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Right. Let's listen to a couple of comments by Jason Garrett about, you know, he says basically the same thing you guys are saying about the loss to Arizona on Christmas Day. Oh, I think any time you lose a game, it's difficult. Uh, I think we played the right way. I thought we battled. We handled a number of the different adversities that happened in the game. I thought we, we handled those things well. Ultimately, uh, we, d- we didn't handle the situations well enough, and we didn't execute well enough in all three phases uh, to win the game. And uh, you go back and you look at that. There's an emotional component to it, but what you try to do is remove yourself and look at it unemotionally and see what happened and see how we can correct it and go forward. Yeah, you hear his comments. And hey, Jason Garrett, he's, he's cool, he's calm, he's collective, he's a, he's an educated guy. You can definitely tell by the way he talks and some of the stuff he says. But I want to ask you guys real quickly what you really think. I mean, has and when he came out, he basically said, you know, everyone's going to be held accountable. You know, everyone's going to have a price they're going to have to pay. And let's right. look at one player in particular, and this is Marion Barber. i got to bring this up. Now, Barber, the first game that Gary was a head coach, violated team policy by uh, not wearing a uniform. I mean, not wearing what he's supposed to wear on the plane, getting to the stadium, which he's supposed right. to wear something nice. Well, another player violated the same rule, but that player, when he bought a coat, 
in New York so he can ride back on dress code the way he's supposed to ride. Mary Barber didn't do that. He ignored that rule. Wasn't punished. Then you get into the game on Christmas Day. He scores a touchdown, a great run, but takes his helmet out, which is a direct penalty uh, for celebration. You can't take your helmet out from the field like that. Gets penalized 15 yards, comes right back in the game, wasn't benched, wasn't set down. No one shook his cage. No one got in his face. I mean, Rick, I mean, he talked a tough talk about being accountable, but you think maybe he made a mistake by not – even you know benching Barber right then, or at least uh, getting in his face about it. I mean, to, to be honest with you, not really. I, I really don't, and not try to give Jason Garrett a pass. Uh, when we talk about the situation with Marion Barber in the dress code, you know, he was actually punished for that. He was fined for that. You know, and that was a direct violation of what Jason Garrett was trying to do. He told him, and and there it is. But. As far as the penalty with him taking his, his head off, man, Barber knew better than that. That's something he got emotionally caught up in. And, you I mean, you saw the shot of Marion Barber on the sideline. He was just sitting there telling the guy, my bad, my bad. Jason Garrett, you know, do you have to go and, and just, you know, do like Shanahan and start messing everything up, trying to punish everybody for everything? You know, some situations you can actually talk about and work out. I don't think it was that big of a deal, you know, although it did you know, cost them 15 yards, but still, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Well, you know, this not is not to, the first time. Not to bench him and all that stuff. Well, this is not the first time this team has been fined or lost the ball game because of excessive celebration after a touchdown. So that's something that should be ruled out anyway. And, you know, I, right now I watch Cowboys a lot, and I always criticize them. Even when they make a, a, a first down, it's just accepting celebrating. That's your job, you know. And uh, we, we, we I, I know about that over the year. I know that would be most But that Cowboys put us on a good field position. That really did by him doing that excessive thing, and they did lose a game uh, this season because of excessive celebration. So. Uh, we we, we talk about that a lot this year about how the Cowboys are one of the best dumb teams out there. You know the Cowboys continue making those stupid mistakes like that. You know, and they they really need to they really need to shut that down. But again, give Jason Garrett credit. This is the first time you've seen an excessive celebration penalty in a long time. This is a this yeah, is, but, it, but, it, but it, I think it, I think I think he missed a chance right then and there to to to, to put his foot down as hey, I'm the head coach. And I'm not going to tolerate any more bonehead penalties or mistakes like that. You're right. a veteran player. You're not a rookie. You know we've had this problem in the past with being penalized for the same thing. I know you're excited, right. but you got to control your emotions. I mean, right. that, that, he missed a great game. opportunity. He, he didn't have to venture for the game, but you could have left him out of series. You could have showed him that, hey, this is my team. This is what's going to happen when you make a, make a mistake. I mean, I think he missed the chance right there to really establish himself as a as a disciplinarian, you know, the, the kind of coach that we said that we needed after Wade Phillips left, and we thought Jason Garrett would at least try to be this season. This is what he had I'm to just, say about just, the whole deal. With I'm, I'm just saying, though, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do we know, you know, that he wasn't standing next to him, you know, and just telling him, although he's not yelling at him and making a big scene about it, but he tells him, you know, man, come on now. You know better than that. You, you saw Marion Barber. Well, this, this, this is what Jason Gary had to say about that situation. Well, one of the things he wanted to do was address it immediately. Uh, he obviously made a heck of a good run. 
and he's a very emotional player, but you have to channel those emotions. And uh, he was excited about, you know, making that play for us in the game and how it could contribute to our success going forward in the game. And uh, he just made a poor decision. He let his emotions get the best of him, and he came over, and he probably apologized to me 50 times before I even came close to him. And he knew what he did, and he knew it was a mistake. And uh, at that point, what we needed to do as a football team was go forward. We needed to somehow you know, uh, rectify the situation by picking them up with our special teams and picking them up with our defense and then continuing to go out there and score points offensively and give ourselves a chance to win. And it was a mistake. He knew it, and we had to move forward from it. Okay, let me, let's take a couple of callers real quick. we got people lined up ready to talk about this uh, situation with Jason Garrett, Marion Barber, and the loss on Christmas Day. Uh, and call them, identify you by the last four digits in your phone number, call it 2182 you're live on the RF Sports Radio Show. Caller, what's your comment referring to the Cowboys? I actually had a call about uh, the NBA, if you don't mind. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I, I basically want to uh, – actually, I've been listening to you guys' show for a while. I like your show. Um, RF, thanks. I follow you on Twitter. Um, really enjoy your work. Thanks, thanks. Okay, um, basically where I, what I'm calling in for is uh, to speak on the Lakers. Okay, um, they got slaughtered again tonight, and the <laughs> Lakers are having some issues right now um, in regards to Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, Kobe is not the same player he's been the last few years. I think he's turning back into the same selfish Kobe. Okay, um, all the NBA fans out there that love Kobe, they need to enjoy it while they can because Kobe's about done. Okay, the Kobe that we know from three, four years ago that can take over a game and bring you back and win a game for you, I think that Kobe's about done. And I think what Kobe is doing is forcing the issue and it's starting to wear on the rest of the team. Okay, I'm going to hang up and, and listen to you guys and um, see what your take is on it. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks. Wow. And if he, if he follows wow. me on Twitter, he knows, he, well, he will know, I am a Kobe supporter. Uh, let me just be frank and let Love me just say that her. first. Of all. I, I am a Kobe supporter. There is no secret. If you listen to the show, then you know I'm a Kobe supporter. And what he made, he made a great point. He actually trans, he, he segued into what we want to talk about next, which was the Lakers and the Heat on Christmas Day. That was the other Christmas Day game as well. But, you know, what, the thing about Kobe, what he's doing, he puts so much pressure on himself. He wants to see his teammates feel that same amount of pressure. And I think a lot of people are confused with him and his attitude, the way he plays, forcing shots, trying to make it happen, because he's trying to get his teammates going. I mean, if you think about it, who's not really playing on the Lakers right now? Ronald Tess is not contributing as much as he needs to, that they did last season when they won the title. Then, of course, you got Andrew Bynum kind of come back, and that's really the key to me for them to repeat as champions for a third time. But, Rick, you watch the NBA as well, too. I mean, you think Kobe, like the caller said, is really just him doing what he's doing, him trying so hard as being a detriment to the team. And what about Kobe's time being over? I think Kobe's got a long way to dominate the, the NBA. Well, I mean, I agree with some of the things that Carla said and, and some of the things that, you know, I disagree with. One of the things is, you know, that I disagree with is him being selfish. You know, I don't necessarily think that Kobe is doing that right now. I agree with you when he said that he puts that amount of pressure on himself and he's trying to get everybody else to do the same thing. Kobe loves the game. 
Kobe loves to play and he loves to win, you know, and he's one of those players that hate losing more than he loves to win. So, you know, Kobe wants everybody else to feel that same passion and they're just not doing it right now. So, you know, the downside to that is when everybody else is not picking that game up, Kobe Bryant has a mentality, you know, that'll say, look, I can beat everybody out here by myself. And then he starts trying to do that. You know, it's a whole – the Lakers play a lot better when they have flow to their game, not when Kobe Bryant is out there trying to dominate the game. When he's trying to dominate it, they lose a lot. You know, and they lose a lot of what they have to offer out there is what I'm saying. not saying that they lose a lot of games because sometimes they win that way. But, you know, Kobe, Kobe needs to be more of a team player, and he needs to keep playing the same way he's been doing the last couple of years. But Kobe's got years to, to play. He's got, yeah, he's, got a good, he's got a good five, six more years left in him. You know, now, I, I do think Kobe's days of being the best player in the NBA, those right. days are numbered. Right. Well, well okay. hold okay. your horses on well, that one. You know how I feel about that. Okay, I will <laughs> say this. this. This is a totally different Laker team from the one that won a championship last year. Farmer's gone, a lot of players are gone. Totally different team than it was last year. But at the same time saying that, Kobe is no longer the best player in the NBA, period. Okay, here we and go. Who the best player was? No, I'm serious. It really is hard for you guys to accept that. But, you know, for everybody that's good, there's always somebody better. It happens to be LeBron James took his title from Kobe oh. uh, uh, a couple of years ago when he was back-to-back MVP player. And then you got a lot of young players that are playing excellent you know, at the same time. But the fact of the matter is you guys have to accept the fact that Kobe is not the best player in the okay. NBA right now. He has passed the crown we, we're on. You're referring to the same LeBron James that had to go partner himself with two other perennial all-stars, right? The one that had to go out and say, the one that had to go out and say, that has absolutely nothing to do with your The one that had to join somebody else's team, that LeBron. And the coach. Uh, they didn't wait until the coach got there. Archie got there. So we're not going to even go that far. But Kobe is not the best player right now. And you can, I can honestly say that in the NBA right now. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, to, to, to everyone's credit, to everyone's credit, and the college credit as well, that was a great question. One thing that Kobe did do wrong, and he and he did wrong in the Christmas Day game, a game I thought they were going to win. But I mean, the the thing he fell for was the fact that him and LeBron got into such a his whole competitive nature with LeBron got the best of them in that game. They kept joining back and forth together all the while, but he's focused on LeBron and him and LeBron having this matchup. Dwayne Wade is killing them. Chris Bosh is killing them. Everybody else is trying to watch what Kobe and LeBron are going to do. They're trash-talking each other on the court, and that took Kobe, Kobe away from what was that. going on on the rest of the court. So he did fall for that trap. I, I give LeBron yeah. credit for that. If he if he did anything oh, right in that game, he did that. Oh, Kobe fed off of that kind of competition. I mean, you know, so that's going to tell you, Kobe's not the same Kobe. He used to feed off of John and back-to-back. He'd go out and score 40 points on you. That's how he proved himself. He is not the best player in the NBA right now. Except that. You know, I, I, might, I might have to agree with you, Royce. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's bring up some callers. I know I got some COVID supporters out there. I call up and identify you by the last four digits of your phone number, 8611. Call you live on the RS Sports Radio Show. 
What's going on, man? I think uh, I, I don't think Kobe's the, the, is as cold as he used to be. I mean, you got to look at that class, man. I mean, Duncan around that time, Duncan is only averaging 13 and a half a game. I mean, pretty much everyone from that era has, uh, you know, they've been around a long time, man. I mean, time goes fast. I mean, before you know it, people are going to be uh, hanging hanging that boy's jersey up in the arena. Uh, it's, come on. Man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole new era. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, you know, you look at guys like uh, like Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. I mean, those guys aren't as, as good as they were, but they were never considered Kobe Bryant's. But, I mean, Kobe's never, you know, had to go through serious injury. I mean, he's just draining on them. Right. He, look he, look he, at Jim Ron Williams. I can name a handful of guys that are as good as Kobe is right now. No, Dwayne put up 40 30, tonight. Then. Right. Ray did 40 tonight. You're absolutely right. Well, thank Kobe had hit 40 Kyle. all year. <laughs> well, thank you, Kyler. Thank you, Kyler. You got to agree with my point. Y'all bash the Kobe. Y'all bash the Kobe tonight. Let me bring on a, a Kobe supporter real quick. 6037. I know it's his chosen. Chosen, I, you got to tell me, man. Tell me you think Kobe's still running the NBA. So, you know, what, what, what we're seeing is, is people that are just waiting for Kobe to fall off. They're hoping that because the season happen. is starting off like it is for him, that Kobe is just out of there. Now, you got to understand, Kobe is better than Michael Jordan, okay? Oh, and and oh. Jordan left the game. When Jordan left the game, there were certain things that, were fall, that, that, that had fallen off to where he had to change positions to the three. Now, Kobe is still one of the most dominant players in the league, and this is the beginning of the season. We all know the season really starts after All-Star break. So, again, you guys know that Kobe is the best. And, um, you know, LeBron, where was he last year, you know, how he choked up in the playoffs? I mean, no one was calling him the greatest of all times. You know, LeBron is not even in the same category with, with, with Kobe. Dwayne Wade is not even in the same kick. Dwayne Wade has no defense. I mean, come on, man. Are you guys serious here? Kobe is not, as we speak, the best player in the NBA right now. And I, I can prove that just by statistics. Okay, he's well, not who's leading. better? He's not who's leading. Better? He's, he's who's not, better? I can name Chris Powell's playing better. Rondo's playing better than Kobe. Rondo uh, ain't playing right now. Play- that, that, well, this time you ask me to name him. Dirk Nowitzki is playing in Kobe right now. Dwayne Wade playing better than Kobe right now. Uh, 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 Kevin Durant playing better than Kobe right now. You want me to keep naming him? Stoudemire is playing better than Kobe right now. I can name ten players that are playing better than Kobe's playing right now. And it's time to pass the torch. You guys have to realize that. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, bro. Hey, 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 run it. Run it. Everybody has passed the torch. It's time to pass the torch. Let me, let me hey, Rodney, I got a fan text on the line, Rodney, and they 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 asking who who is the best player in the league? Then since this discussion is up, who is the best player in the league? It's still Kobe Bryant. It's, it's still not. Kobe Bryant. I don't it's care not. who you. I don't it's care who not. you taking the NBA right now. If you start the team, if y'all if y'all are sitting there at the play, sitting at the at the park, you're ready to start a team. You got all these players. The first person you picking is going to be Kobe Bryant. 
I wouldn't get the I wouldn't get the ball. I wouldn't get the ball. I wouldn't get the ball. I wouldn't pick Kobe. In the park? Barclays. Yes, sir. It wouldn't even be a, without question. I'm taking Kobe taking Bryant, man. You're picking Kobe first. I wouldn't get the I'll ball. Take, Why I, would I pick a Kobe Bryant? I wouldn't I would get the ball. I would I would take Kobe Bryant if I'm in the NBA, you know, right now. I wouldn't have a problem with that, you know. Okay, let's go. But you if, know, I'm, let's if go I'm in the, the park, I'm taking LeBron all day, bro. Okay, okay. Here, the, the question is NBA. So let's just say we got an NBA team. You, so you're telling me you're taking Kobe, you're taking LeBron over Kobe to start your team? If yeah. I gotta if I gotta start right now and I want to win a championship right now. I'm taking Kobe Bryant. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying that he's the best player in the league. I'm only taking Kobe because I trust him more. I've seen what he can do. You know, I've seen what he can do right now. Kobe's been winning now championships. No now, that makes Man, sense. It, 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 I, I trust him more. I trust him more. But, again, I'm trying to win right now today, right? But if I'm building my team and I want to win today, tomorrow, the next day, the next year, I'm taking LeBron James. But the question is, who's the best player in the league right now? So you got to go with who's going to win right now. Toes, you're going to say something. Go ahead, man. I I was just going to say, now, it's funny how people can say, you know, if I'm building a team. No, 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 no. The question is simple. Who is the best right now? No basketball connoisseur fan walking the earth will rattle any other name off of his lips than Kobe Bryant, and I would bet the house on that. Oh, don't do that, man. Don't do that. See, it, it, it's the difference between that, that Michael Jordan situation. When Michael Jordan was playing, you couldn't argue who was the best player in the league. Who's the best player in the league? Michael Jordan, they can tell you that hands down. With Kobe right. Bryant doing that right now, it's way too many arguments. Some people will tell you Kevin Durant. Some people right. will tell you LeBron James. It's, it's right. too, too much arguments right now. It's a whole different. That's one of the reasons Kobe won't be better than Jordan to me. Okay, there was no think question that, that, that you think that You think that's a part of the people that there's a huge contingent out there that don't like Kobe Bryant way more than it was for Michael Jordan. Way more. Yeah, so I, could, yeah I, think, a lot of I think Kobe so. Had. It could be. That's, let me, that's let me true bring, some fans. Let me bring yeah, the caller back on that got this whole argument started real fast. Because he's right. back on. Caller 2182, what do you hear about some of the discussion you heard so far? Well, basically, I had to call back after I heard your one caller say that uh, <laughs> that Kobe was better than, than Jordan. I right. Mean, for him no. to say that, he must have been on that on that 151 tonight or something. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> 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 Hey, well, guys, I'm going to be I'm going to be real quick with you guys. See, the nah. thing with Kobe, don't get me wrong, I'm not a Kobe hater. I live in right. L.A. You know, Kobe's done right. a lot. I've seen all of the things he's done for the Lakers, man. All the clutch right. wins, all the clutch shots. I've seen all of these things. But see, the the thing that I'm saying right now with Kobe is this. Okay, Kobe sees all these players like LeBron, Durant coming up, Derrick Rose. All these players are starting to come up. And if you right. notice, you're seeing them on TV, on the commercials more than Kobe. And I think Kobe's out to make a point that he's not going to be the forgotten man. Okay, right. you've been watching ESPN and Fox Sports where they're saying that the Lakers are under the radar because of the big three signing in Miami and, and a right. lot of other things that are going on in the league. And I think Kobe's just trying to make a point that, hey, I'm still here. I'm the champ. I'm the one. Right. And, and that speaks even more to Kobe's personality. Okay, mm-hmm. people fail to realize that Kobe didn't grow up in the hood like a lot of these other players go. He's a brother, yes, but he didn't grow up in the hood like all the rest of these guys. So his personality is a lot different from the rest of these guys. 
Okay, and so that's where all the selfish, the perceived selfishness, and Kobe's a different type of guy than we are. All this thing, all the, all of these things come from that. Okay, so you know Kobe's perception um, around the league and around all the barbershops and the basketball opinions that are out right. there. This is exactly where it's coming from. Okay, Kobe grew up being a man. I read an article not too long ago where they were saying that Kobe's dad put him in a when he was ten, he put him in a thirteen-year-old league and he averaged thirty, and then he mm. put him with the fourteen-year-olds and then he averaged twenty-two. So right. Kobe's always been ahead of the bar and he's always used to success. And when success doesn't come to him as as he expects it to come, he needs to force the issue, like you guys were saying earlier, to make it happen. He needs to force the issue. So so that that's basically where I am with Kobe. You know, I'm, I hope Kobe. You know, I wish Kobe the best, and and you know, I wish him all the championships he wants. I know he wants to eclipse Michael Jordan, but that, that's all I need to say. And just let me give you one more. One more of my opinions. You guys are talking about uh, if you were to go to the basketball court, who would you pick, LeBron or Kobe? Yeah. Kobe's a better one-on-one player, hands down. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm picking Kobe every time. One-on-one player, he's the best in the league. He's the most clutch player in the league. I don't think he's the best player in the league anymore, anymore per se. Right. I think LeBron right. has kind of eclipsed him as far as that goes, and that's just maybe an age difference, you know what I mean? But yeah, at the right. same time, Kobe – with two seconds left on the clock, I'm giving him the ball a thousand percent of the time. That'll be it, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. All right, thanks, man. All right, good, good, good. I like his opinion. I gotta agree with that. And I gotta Real give, tough. I gotta, I gotta give Tosa a chance to answer back. You heard people from L.A. calling in about your comments about Kobe and and Michael Jordan. <laughs> I, I, I mean, purely what it comes down to is this, and I'll try to be sure when from a man. Kobe is just not the brand that Jordan was. When you look at stats, when you look at performance, when you look at accomplishments, I mean, I don't even give Jordan the the the, the full credit for his two, two uh, three piece. I give it to Phil, you know, the guy that masterminded and put the team together. Well, in the well Phil's in L.A. Phil's in L.A. I, I, you know, I, I'll say this though: when you compare the stats, I think Kobe is better. I think Kobe is Michael Jordan with a three. And 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 when people's when push comes to shove, did you hear him when he said he said, "Hey man, Kobe is the most clutch player in the NBA." What else are you looking for if you're trying to win a championship? Okay, so was Michael Jordan. So was well, Michael Jordan. Who was more clutch than Mike? Who was more so clutch than Mike? Jordan. I I, I can say I mean, that. I mean, you had a lot of guys that were as clutch as Michael clutch. Jordan. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, Thunder Thun, 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 Dan Marley. And Thun, Kobe too. I, I, All right, guys. Larry let's, Bird. Let's, let's, Let's take a let's take a quick break. break. Radio show at its final. I'm telling you, let's right. take let's take a quick break real fast because we got to get our roundtable in. Well, we got about 20 minutes left about the coaching changes in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, we had a great discussion, guys. You can always download our show at rfsportsradio.blogspot.com or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/rfsportsradio. We we'll take a quick break. We got Chris on the line. He's been holding, trying to get on. So I got to get him on to talk a little bit about this NFL. So let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back on the R Sports Radio Show. Calling all models. Calling all actors. actors. All music artists. Music calling artists. all comedians, comedians and producers. I got producers. a question for you. Have you been having trouble finding gigs? And not just gigs, but paid gigs. Well, if that's you, look no further. Okay. We've got the perfect solution for your problem. Go to webookgigs.info right now. Okay. Sign up and create your profile. And let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get updates about shows and paid 
gigs sent directly to your personal I Twitter, like that. Facebook, email, and your phone. Now, the best thing about WeBookGigs.info is it's absolutely no cost to I sign up. That. So what are you waiting for? Don't delay. WeBookGigs.info right now. Right now. Hi, this is Pastor Monica Wallace. I want to personally invite you to Kingdom Encounter every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter each and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Hear what the kingdom has to offer you and have your own encounter. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter. Sundays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time with me, Pastor Monica Wallace, and may God bless you. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service, or a website, and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest-growing Internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. 34-year-old Keisha from Chicago has been eating toilet paper since she was 11. I crave it because I love the way the toilet paper feels on my tongue. She keeps toilet paper in her purse and the glove compartment of her car. She munches on toilet paper instead of popcorn at the movies. She eats half a roll every day. That's 1,200 pounds of toilet paper in 23 years. My favorite is this one. (laughs) <laughs> that was a uh, Keisha that comes on from a show on TLC where she likes to eat toilet paper. So I guess instead of getting your popcorn ready, you got to get your shawarma ready for her. Well, well, well I guess she won't have no trouble wiping when you go to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess that. <laughs> I guess that. Every time you go cold clean, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Let's welcome on our, let's oh, welcome wow. on our round table. Uh, our round table discussion today is our big topic. And we're going to talk about the NFL coaching changes that are about ready to happen uh, in the NFL. Let me welcome on one other contributor to the show, Chris. Chris, you're live on with us, man. How you doing? Good, man. Kobe will never be Michael Jordan, but I'm good. All right. Talk on, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think, I, Rick, I think we have a whole other show about that one. Man. Right, right. I told you. Right. I keep telling you. Right. Let's let's talk real quick about the coaching carousel in the NFL. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up because I think it's going to be ten potential coaching jobs up for grabs. It's maybe one of the biggest coaching changes that we've seen. Not not so from just the the teams that are looking for new head coaches, but the fact that you're going to have a, a collective bargaining agreement that hasn't been settled as of yet. So it could be a lot of changes between players and and usually when there are changes that go in the NFL, coaching is one of the first places that People start. There are going to be some GM changes also, too. But let's look real quick at the coaching changes that are going to definitely happen. And those are coaches that have been fired uh, throughout the season. Of course, you got Dallas with Jason Garrett as the interim head coach. We'll debate if he's going to be there next year. Of course, I know everyone's got an opinion about that. You got Denver looking for a coach, Minnesota, and San Francisco. So those are four teams right there that are Carolina trying to hire a head coach. Let's go into right. some of the possible coaching changes real quick, and I want to get you guys' reaction on 
uh, what do you think these teams are going to do. But I think it's safe to say Carolina and John Fox is going to be out of Carolina, so that job is going to be open. Very attractive job. It's a dumb one. That's a very attractive job. You get the first-round pick in the draft. You can get Andrew Luck. You can get whatever player you want to start their franchise over. And plus you got a window of time to kind of get things right, get the ship going. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati is going to be a coaching change. You finished last in the AFC, you know, after, after doing after going to the uh, playoffs. So that's going to be, of course, a coaching change. Tennessee and Jeff Fisher, if you guys, we talked about right. the owner saying, hey, it's going to be either Vince Young or Jeff Fisher. He's going with Vince Young, so Coach Fisher could be out. The Giants and Tom Coughlin, of course, he always stays right. in a rumor mill about leaving. New York, right. but if they don't make the playoffs, the chances are he may not be the coach of the uh, Giants anymore. The Miami Dolphins with Bill Parcells gone. Now they're looking at Tony Sperano kind of with a crazy eye because the team has right. not done good this season at all. And, Royce, you mentioned Houston and so many right. expectations for their team. Coach Kubiak has not turned the corner as of yet. They had two 8-8 eight and eight seasons and, and do worse this season than they did the two seasons before, so that could be a coaching change. Tom Cable um, in Oakland. Tom Cable right. in Oakland is always up for grabs. That could be 11. <laughs> right. That could be 11. I mean, anything right. can happen in Oakland. But my question right. to you guys, and I want to take this one of, the, one of the times we can all get our opinions in, is we're going to see a lot of turnover. But what coaches that could be fired, you know, you got Jeff Fisher, you got Tom Coughlin, could we see a lot of these coaches just basically switching teams, like going from one NFL team directly to another one? Uh, Rick, let me ask you first. You think there's going to be a lot of what's going to happen, but so many jobs out there and available, it's got to be some coaches that go straight from one team to another. I mean, without question, if if it's, if it's if I had to name two of the coaches, it would be both Tom Coughlin and Jeff Fish. I mean, both of them are proven coaches, even though – uh, Tom Coughlin is always in the news. Is he in? Is he out? He always finds a way to win some way, somehow. You know, and Jeff Fisher has been consistent. I mean, he's been with the same team for, what, the last 13, 14 years or something like that? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's got tenure in the league. I can pretty much – you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar on that. Those two, if they're let go of their, their respective teams, they'll be on another team quick. Yeah, and he's the longest tenure coach in the NFL. Chris, let me ask you, since you're joining us for the first time tonight – I know, I know your team is safe as far as head coach goes, but with so many jobs out there available, what do you think is the most attractive job to have? I mean, you can't say it's Dallas at this point if you got teams like, you know, uh, Tennessee up for grabs, the Giants. What what coaching job are you going to be keeping your eyes on? What do you think is the most attractive? I don't think there's really, like, I wouldn't say attractive. I just would probably say interesting, to say the least. I mean, because you got teams like uh, Minnesota who can be a contender, but then again, you got, you know, kind of you got Favre is kind of an issue, you know what I mean? You got another quarterback you really ain't got no time in. So, you know, it's just going to be interesting to say at least Tennessee, you know, they wishy-washy, you know what I mean? They'll win big one week and then, you know, suck the next week. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to say the least. I mean, you know, it's just going to be interesting. last couple of years the NFL have been pretty – Wow, and you know, teams start the year and they they look nothing like they did at the end of the year. It's just gonna be interesting as all get out, man. Everybody being traded, you know, the players getting moved around. I mean, who thought? Who would have thought Randy Moss had been sitting at the house for a couple of weeks yeah. this year? I mean, who would have thought yeah. that? I mean, so it's gonna yeah. it's just gonna be interesting to say the least. 
And Tozen, what do you think, man? What do you think as far as the most the, the best job to really have, or or what coach like we asked Rick? Do you see maybe switching teams? Well, it, uh, to be honest with you, I I really expect things to kind of continue to go as they have been going. Um, I mean, with so many positions up for grabs, it's hard to believe that any any one team out there. Uh, is really confident in any coach at this particular time. So I think the money issue would probably be the biggest factor for the teams in selecting new coaches, as well as winning as well. You know, a lot of teams are paying out a lot of salaries with no results, and I think they want to uh, try to conserve this upcoming season. Mm. Now, Royce, now, me and you talked about this earlier today, but in your opinion, I mean, where would you like to be? There's so many teams on this list that – People thought we're going to be playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders, everyone from Dallas to Minnesota to Tennessee to the Giants, even Houston, even San Francisco. Some people like them in the playoffs. These teams had underperforming seasons. They didn't do what they wanted to do. I mean, a coach could be that answer to a lot of young talent on these teams. But what, what do you think is the best place to go? Uh, well, you know, that that's a hard choice to make because, you know, a lot of the states. Oakland is a good team to go. Carolina be a good team to go. But one job I wouldn't want to take would be the Dallas Cowboys job. I doubt if y'all get a good name. Green news, it runs right on. But at the same time, saying that, you know, look at the success of Pete Carroll up in Seattle. You know, they win in the playoffs. So do they go to college and pull some college coaches? Because the school is limited as far as coaches out there available. It's very limited, you know, and uh, either you're going to get some uh, uh, assistant coaches moved up, uh, you're going to have to go to the college pool because, like I said, the success of Pete Carroll and the choices you make. So there's a lot of guys in college that have been successful. Can they make the transition to the NFL? And then we, we don't know what the, the collective bargaining agreement is going to be with. Maybe the owners know something we don't know is why right. they find out these coaches. You know, True. so it's a lot to read into that. We don't know what's going on with that. So it'd be interesting to see. I wonder how many college coaches go make the transition to the NFL. So. Well, you know what, Royce, that brings up a good point because I think there will be more college coaches that transfer to the NFL versus what we've seen in the past with offensive coordinators and, and defensive coordinators going from coordinator to head coach. I don't think right. there's really a hot name out there. I haven't heard any aside from uh, – uh, the younger Schottenheimer, that's a, a coordinator, possibly being the head coach. But other than that, there aren't those hot names, those Jason Garrett, those uh, uh, Romeo Cornells. You know, from coaches in the past that went from coordinator to head coach, right. and there was a big fad that was going on. So it's going to be someone that was a head coach before. I think it's going to be, you know, in these positions. But, Rick, let me ask you, let me throw a couple of names out at you real fast as far as possible candidates and we can talk about who do you think is going to be the best candidate, who's going to get the most phone calls from the teams. you got John Gruden out there who may come back for the right situation. Uh, you got uh, Coach uh, Bill Cowell out there as well. you got uh, Marty Schottenheimer, the older Schottenheimer, still available. And remember, he took a San Diego Chargers team 14-2, and although they lost in the playoffs and lost his job the next season. you got Harbaugh, the coach from college in Sanford. Jeff Fisher, of course, if he's let go. Tom Coughlin, Sperano, Fox, Wade Phillips, Tony Dungy, and a lot of people even talking about Nick Saban possibly being a coach. But of those names, who do you think's phone ringing the most right now? 
Well, I mean, Wait, so well, obviously Jeff Jeff Fisher's phone is not ringing since he's still still playing well, yeah, um, right now. But you know, out of those coaches, I would I would think that it would be Bill Cowell most definitely getting right. the most calls. Right. You know, right. I mean, he's he's the one that that went out after winning the Super Bowl, and I'm sure you know with the coaches, it's got to be a matter of trust. Can you put the team together? Can you hold the team together? Can you control the team? And Bill Cowell has, has been successful in doing that, so he would have to get the most calls, you know. But you know, don't sleep on on a Tony Dungy who's got to be getting a lot of calls right now too, even though he's showing no interest right now in coaching, but he's still yeah. got to be getting a lot of phone calls. But you know what? I, I think this is a time if Tony Dungy's going to come back, it'd be a great time. So many vacancies, he can call his shot, he can go where, exactly where he wants to go. If if he wants Nothing to go to the team, no, I don't think. Well, you know what, though? With the collective bargaining agreement, you know, not settled at this point, there could be a lot of turnover between players. There may be some matchups between offensive players or, or defensive players that may be attractive to uh, a guy like Tony Dungy. And, of course, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to stay in the season, he can. It's hard to walk away from the coast and jump right back in it with a, a team like Carolina. So I understand what you're saying on that. But, Chris, let me ask you the names I mentioned. Who do you think, what coach is going to be the hot Priority, the one that everyone wants to talk to this season. It's off season. Hands down, it has to be Cowan and uh, and uh, um, Dungeon man. It has to be them too, man. I mean, hey, who else would you call? You know, your your buddy ain't getting no calls, man. Hold uh, what's his name? Wade 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 Cowboys, man. Wade, Wade, man. Wade, man. He ain't getting no calls, man. Who want to call him? Man? <laughs> Like, you know, don't even mention his name in the coach. You know what, though? In all fairness, I think Wade will be a defensive coordinator next year somewhere. I think someone's going to bring him on staff. Yeah, I think he's going to be a defensive coordinator next year somewhere. He's going to be a head coach. Well, you never know. Would you pay him to be your defensive coordinator? I wouldn't, but there's some teams out there that may. They've even yeah. talking about Washington. Well, I mean, when you when you think about it, he's, he's been he's been successful everywhere he's been as a defensive coordinator. Right. Right. I guarantee it's going to be some people that's going to have some interest. It's the head right. coaching part that's a problem, but defensive coordinator, yeah, they'll look at him easy. You know, Oakland Oakland might not be a team to go coach because you know they they're on the way up. You know, you got a lot to build on in Oakland. So I mean they they're a good team uh, in the future. I, I look at them going far, and uh, uh, it's a lot of talent on San Francisco. But like I said, a lot of it, talent. It, 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 it's a lot left up to. We don't know what's going on as far as the owners and collective bargaining agreement. But I know it's been a lot of coaches fired. They're saying something, you know, uh, because I've never seen as many coaches fired. So it's something going on. Well, we yet to find out. But like I said, I think it'd be a lot of transition from the college ranks to the NFL. It's cheaper, but see, you know. But you know what? That's part of the problem, Rose. That's part of the problem is you got these coaches who got a, who, who go and get players, or either you know general managers, however they do it. They go out here and they get these players that that, that think Pro Bowl instead of thinking Super Bowl. Look at Dallas. Look at San Francisco. All these folks that think they they think everybody think they number one. You know, and then they ain't, they ain't doing nothing. They ain't winning no games. They ain't going nowhere. Versus where, you know, I hate to throw my team in there, but let's just look at reality. People like New England, you got the smallest dude out here running over everybody. Woodhead. Woodhead, the smallest guy out here, man. Workhorses, man. 
Workhorses. Look at Atlanta. No household names. Nothing but workhorses. Mm. That brings up a good point, but that takes me to my next point. And Chosen, I got to get your opinion on this. But, you know, after the press conference that Jason Gary had that we played earlier, uh, Jerry went and talked to the media about some of the changes that he's looking forward to next season. Gary did not want to answer any questions about what his status would be next season, but this is what Jerry had to say. And in summary, this is kind of what he stated. I posted this on the blog. If you go to rfsportsradio.blogspot.com, you can see this article that we wrote yesterday. But what he basically said in summary was, and this is what we learned, that, one, he will interview minority candidates, including current coach Ray Sherman, the uh, Robert Sears coach. He also has several potential candidates on file to talk with already. And he's also said that Jason Garrett's interim, interim head coaching contract ends immediately after the Philly game. And uh, he also does not believe in hiring a Super Bowl-winning coach because they normally don't win with other teams. So I thought that was big. And then he also says there will be a lot of turnover with the current roster for next season. Romo will be the quarterback next season. And he also really feels that the team is a playoff team that just don't have the right direction. So with that said, and as we talked about, Gary could only lose maybe two games and get the job. He's lost three, and he has to play Philadelphia, coming off a loss from the night. So let me ask you, is is, is Gary going to be the coach next season? And if not, who do you think uh, Jerry's got his eye on? Well, you know, there was a time when I thought that Jerry Jones would never go for Terry, to, to, Carol Owen, shall I say, and uh, he did. He made that happen. And, um, you know, there was a time when I thought he would let Michael Irving go, and, 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 and he didn't let that happen. I think in this situation with, with, with coaching, I got all my hope and my faith, and I'm going to ride with old Royce with, with, with what he's been saying all season. You know, Tony Dungeon is available, you know, and, and, and I definitely think that, that regardless of what statements he's putting out there, he wants to bring a winner in, and, and and it may sound crazy, but I really believe, you know, that if you're going to make a power move with this team, you know, and Tony Dungy, even though he expressed on national television that he didn't want or he wasn't interested in the coach's job, I just don't think there's anybody else out there. You, he's not going to get along with Cowher, and, you know, who are you going to bring up from the coaching world, really, to coach the Cowboys and fix this mess? Now, I honestly think that Jason Garrett will be a head coach in the NFL next season. I just don't think he'll be a head coach with the Cowboys. I think Jerry's looking to make some kind of splash. And, and if you think about it, the reason why Garrett's not going to be the coach is the same reason why Wade Phillips is not the coach has been that defense, that defense giving up those plays in the game. Uh, I mean, it, it, the offense has averaged over 30 points a game. The defense has been giving up over 30 points a game. That's how they've been losing. But, Rick, let me ask you, because I know you're a huge Cowboy fan, too. Does, does Gary coach this team next season? And if not, who is Gary? Who is uh, Jerry looking at? Well, I'm, I'm not so sure that Gary is going to be the coach, you know, next year. I definitely think that, you know, Jerry is going to have a whole lot of interest in him. And, you know, still at this point, you know, why not? You know, you can easily fix the defense by bringing in a, a nice defensive coordinator and getting that straightened out, you know. But, you know, I I don't believe everything that Jerry says. And it's no doubt in my mind that, you know, he's he's got interest in Cowher, Super Bowl. He's got interest in Gruden, Super Bowl. He's got interest in Tony Dungy, Super Bowl. 
you know, so he can sit there and say what he wants to about hiring Super Bowl coaches and blah, blah, blah. But I, I guarantee you he's been talking to them, had to. Now, I think Gruden would be the only one that would actually work here. I don't think that he could get along with Cowher, you know, just because of their heads. And I just don't think Dungey would, would put up with the stuff that Jerry does. And even though as mild-mannered as he is, you know, he'll, I think he'll move out of that situation, wouldn't want to be there. So I really think that it would end up being John Gruden. Now, but but, but in, to Jerry's credit, he has a point. And Royce, I mean, you you talked about this earlier. He has a point because if you think about it, there haven't been any Super Bowl coaches that win multiple Super Bowls at different teams. So he does have True. a point. He doesn't believe in that philosophy. But right. Royce, I mean, do you think his belief okay. in that philosophy is a flaw? Do you think he's just sticking with the script of the NFL? Well, let me let me say this, and this is a little bit of history. It's a true fact. Every time. Uh, Jerry has went and hired a mediocre coach. They've had no success. I mean, think about it. Chan Gailey, I can name off a handful that he went and got that had really no contention that they didn't have a winning season. I mean, when they had Bill Parcells, at least they had some success. When they had uh, Jimmy Johnson, they had success. So it's time for Jerry to stop giving these guys these big fat contracts and go on and take his money and go get a, 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 a Super Bowl. Right. Like coach, you know, that's where you spend your money where your, your mouth is. I mean, these players are big. I mean, just like the joke I made earlier about $40 millionaires on a team at the Dallas Cowboys, and you got Jason Garrett, a no-name, for as a coach. I mean, uh, to me, every time he spent his money on some mediocre coach, the success of the team hasn't been there. That's my But opinion. the thing is, the thing is, we got about a minute left. The thing is this, though. I mean, success is not what he's looking for. He's looking for a Super Bowl win. He's not concerned with making the playoffs. He's not concerned with getting to the championship game. Right. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's trying to follow the, the NFL True. script. I mean, the NFL right. script as, is as if, if the coach wins a Super Bowl. But the NFL script is if you win one, if a Super Bowl coach wins a Super Bowl, he doesn't win one with another team. So, I mean, be wrong for just following what, what works First, in the NFL. Everything, dude. That's the first time for everything, man. That, that's that's not that rule applies right, right now. That's not the same. But that has been coached. That, that went to the playoffs back-to-back after being with the, uh, taking the team to the Super Bowl. I mean, we but talking about is not what he's looking for. Yeah, but playoffs but is Robert, not what he's you looking had, for. You had won a Super Bowl with these no, uh, underrated coaches you've had. This was Chan Gailey. I mean, uh, I understand that. that. I'm not saying that. The only underrated coach that won one was Barry Swiss. That was the only underrated coach that won one. That was right. that's because right. I'm only one. Look at the team you yeah. Right. But but the coach you had, you had no success. Right? Yeah, you didn't have to tell nothing. Who who had? I mean, come on. Look at look at the the guy, the Wade Taylor. That that was. Oh, ninety three, ninety four. Yeah. When uh when yeah. uh Switzer took over? All right. Now we wanna we wanna thank everyone real quick for tuning into the show and the live broadcast. We got about twenty seconds left. If you guys listen to us online, hurry up and call three two three nine two seven two nine oh six. You're here our after show. Wanna thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of the show. Uh follow us on Friday when we have a daytime show we'll review the armed forces game. Thank you guys for tuning in and see you on the after show. All right, guys, now that we're in the after show real fast, I mean, Rick, what do you think about what he, you know, 
is he following the script or is he does he need to step outside the box and, and hire a Super Bowl winning coach? Well, I mean, if it was me, I'm I'm going to Bill Cow and I'm giving Bill Cow everything that he wants. You know, I have no problem sitting back. Come on in, do your thing. You know, I got this much money sitting over here. We can blow this on whatever player you want to go get, players. You know, here you go. Come out here and do your thing. That's exactly what I would do. I just don't think Jerry has just got, you know, the, the heart and the mind to do that. You know, Jerry's got an ego problem. He's got to have his hands off in it, period. He doesn't really understand that if I'm paying for it and I made the right decision to bring the person off in here, I got a whole lot to do with that, too. You know, he doesn't understand that. You know, he's just got to say, look, I'm out here in the forefront. I can come down on the sidelines and clap my hands at you during the game. You know, Jerry just needs to chill out, man. But like I say, if it was me, I'm giving Kyle everything that he wants. Okay, well, let me ask you, Chosen, why I got you on the line because I know you got to run. I mean, if, if Cowboy won't come, you know, if Cowboy's our first choice, who everybody thinks should come in, I like Cowboy too. What about Jeff Fisher? What about him coming straight from Tennessee right here to the Cowboys? Well, you know what? Uh, I'll put it to you like this. I, I think that uh, Fisher uh, is not cut out to deal with the likes of Jerry Jones. I think in this type of situation with the team we have to get it done, my personal opinion, my personal opinion is that Tony Dungy is just the is just the best choice, and that's just simply because of the fact that he understands what it really means to put a championship team together on two teams. Now, technically. That was his team that won, okay? So he understands that from the the Jimmy Johnson situation, how we carried over and won one a couple of years later. And I definitely believe that that he knows how to inspire a good quarterback. Now, uh, out of the choices that's available, Cower, there's no way in the world, man. No way in the world he's going to get along with Jerry. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. If it would happen, would you want it? Uh, it, I it, it? If it could, I would take it. I would take it. I would take all of the above choices because they're better than the stool pigeons that are in the office. But out of the three, I'm just looking at chemistry, man, and I just think that Dungey would have the better chemistry. Now, I agree with you earlier, Rick. I don't know if Rick if he would want to participate in that. So my opinion is, you know, <laughs> no more value with anybody else tonight. But I just think that is the best fit. Hey, Royce, you know I what? Give you, I, give you, I give you the last word, Royce, before we close the show out. I, I, I will say this. If Jerry is really serious about winning the Super Bowl, then he'll go out and get a coach that will take him to the Super Bowl. Jason Garrett, in my opinion, is not the man to take the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, nor is Tony Romo. That's my okay, but opinion. let me ask you this, Russ, before we go. Will, will Jason Garrett be a head coach in the field next year? I doubt it. Then what's he going to be? That's my opinion. I'll probably I'm be watching that boat you do to me. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere. You're the only one that – is this the Cowboys show anyway? Why are we spending so much time with Cowboys, man? He may be a cornerback coach somewhere. What <laughs> He's going to be a head coach somewhere, and, and he's going to be a pretty good one, too. Watch and see. Yeah, because I think I think he'll be a pretty good one because he won't have uh, that open-door policy where, hey, if, uh, if if I'm mad at Garrett, I go talk to Jerry. 
and that always hurts every coach that comes to the Cowboys. Right. We thank everyone for tuning in. We see you guys uh, during the day on Friday for our New Year's Eve show. Thank everyone for tuning in. Download the show at rsportsradio.blog.com. See y'all on Friday. Happy holidays and be safe. Go Patriots. Go Cowboys.